It is Friday, March 24th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Gonzaga edges UCLA in a classic. And Kansas State edges Michigan State in a classic. Not original. Here comes the Vegas truth. <laughs> this is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Sweet 16 is down to 12. Philly's first baseman, Reese Hoskins, suffers a torn ACL. But AJ... Vegas lead is going to be the NCAA tournament. Don't worry. I'll have plenty of baseball to talk about and how this affects the defending National League champions. And, well, I want to ask some betting advice, too, when it comes to injuries. And here to help us talk about it all is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, good morning. Five days after, or five seconds after the shuttle blew up, Gordon Gecko was shorting NASA suppliers. Bad that, news so is there's an opportunity out there. Yeah. Yes. Didn't they do something like that in Billions where Axe is, got heat because he made money uh, after 9-11? And so they thought he was kind of a fraud for having that 9-11 fund for firefighters because his, his ex-wife, her family was firefighters, but he actually made money afterwards. I've never watched Billions. So You've I never cannot. watched Billions? Never. It's an incredible show. I, I stopped watching anything. Do you know it's like loosely like... based off of the new Mets owner, Steve Cohn? I... Pretty much, I, I think it was like 1992. I, I I just I started failing actuarial exams. And I had to study for them hard, and I stopped watching anything like 1992. Yeah. yeah, but now you watch movies all the time with your son. Well, that's because I'm I've got some free time now. Yeah. Yes, so now you have free time. Watch billions. That's a good point. Tremendous show it's, with Johnny. It's age, it's age sensitive, right? Yeah, I would not watch it with Johnny. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> this this is like for Fez alone time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, AJ, we are down to now uh, the second half of the Sweet Sixteen. One half of the Elite Eight is set, and these games, with the exception of one of them, the blowout by UConn over Arkansas, these games were incredible last night. Uh, well. I thought the UConn blowout over Arkansas was incredible myself. Yeah, no, I know. Best yeah. bet, great. Yeah, you, yeah. UConn laying the points. Although, you know, you could have taken a bad number. You still would have covered. <laughs> I know. I should have taken the bad number. I, Fez has taught me don't take bad numbers. Like, yes. I, I've, I've gotten better about, like, I, I think RJ is trying to play on my pride. Like, it's uh, that's your pride fucking with you. I, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to stay disciplined. I'm going to play good numbers when I've got them and, and – if I've got a minus three, why play minus four? It doesn't make much sense. Now, for, you know, for those listening on the R.J. Bell Dream Preview feed, you know what we're talking about. But if you're listening on the SOVAM feed, going back to this past week's Dream Preview, A.J. said his best bet was UConn. And he gave it out at UConn minus three. And R.J. challenged him and said, well, give me Arkansas Three and a half. No, give me Arkansas four. Oh, give me Arkansas yeah, best four. Bet, so eight, well, roughly correct. Yeah. So so AJ laid three out of his own pocket. That's yes. what he bet. Yes. And that's but what I gave he, to my. That's what he, I gave to my clients as well. Yes. And so, but his best bet on the pod was minus three and a half. And so RJ was trying to get him to lay four at a different vig. And AJ is like, hey, you know, I bet this is minus three. Yeah, I'm not taking a bad number. Yeah. Well, 
I could have taken any number. You could have played the alternate line like we did against <laughs> I, Fez in the, in the first round. I, I, uh, I, I can tell you, I, I did play a little bit of a worse number. I laid 20 and a half alive, and I got there against well, the yeah, West. All good. Yeah, all good is right. UConn blows out Arkansas 88-65. But these games, starting with the first game of the day, were great. Kansas State, Michigan State goes to overtime and Kansas State outlasts Sparty 98-93. Fez, any any actionable uh, things occurred during this game where you can jump in live based on what was happening with the gameplay? Kansas State won despite doing everything they could to give themselves the least chance of winning late. So, um, yeah, actually, the bet you should have made you would have lost is Noel got uh, rolled his ankle, um, Kansas State's guard. Yep. And, then, and then went on to set the tournament record for assists in a game. Yes. Well, he was already well on his way. Um, but but the, the he literally was like on one leg, and you could have gotten Sparty plus four and a half. I know I did get Sparty plus four and plus four and a half, and they somehow lost by five um, on a meaningless, meaningless layup. Noel layup, yeah. I believe. Yeah, as time mm-hmm. expired. Um but the number one takeaway, so it's the end of the game, and teams do this all the time, so I shouldn't really blame Kansas State. But it's so wrong in every level. There's a minute left, and they're up two. And they're like, all right, we got the lead. we got to run some clock. No, you don't need to run some clock. It's like an NFL team that's up, like, six points mm-hmm. with, um, with four minutes to play. You don't need to run any clock. What you need to do, that's probably a bad example, because can't, let's say there's eight minutes left in the NFL game. You need to score. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah. to score, or the other team is getting the ball, and you're vulnerable. But K-State, nope. They just take their time, and they proceed to get like a horrific look, mm-hmm. and they don't score. And then the, the irony is, and then, they're next, and, and then Sparty gets their possession, and then um, later in the game, Kansas State like has an equally terrible, terrible possession and they wind up um, getting a three-point shot that wasn't going to go in, blocked, and they have four seconds left on the shot clock, so they're not going to get any shot at all. And um, then they wind up scoring, so they wind up they win despite their best efforts at, at bad management at the end of the game. But all all teams do this wrong. I would argue, like teams do this, like they're up six with three minutes to play, and like got to make sure to, to work the shot clock down. No, it's it, trust me. You're, everyone's offense sucks in college basketball. You're not going to get a shot in the first eight <laughs> seconds anyways. Don't take a bad shot. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But in your, just keep in your normal offense. Keep in your normal offensive flow. And you know what? If you get an immediate layup or a really good shot, eight seconds in, go ahead and take it. Instead of just pulling the ball out for 20 seconds and then it's you know what's coming. It's the, the bad three yep. at the end of the shot clock or, or – the shot clock violation that happens all the time. Yeah, for teams. we've seen it a lot. Yeah. we saw it a lot yesterday. And if you bet, if you bet Sparty, you're like, please God, just run 25 seconds uh-huh. and then have to take a horrible shot. Yeah, and I'm then alive. we have a chance. Yes, yep, absolutely. Uh, elsewhere, you had Florida Atlantic beating Tennessee 62-55. Game goes under, even though the under got hammered and the line moved significantly down. It still went under, and Florida Atlantic not only covers the five, they win outright. AJ. They were down five at the half. What went wrong for Tennessee in the second half? Tennessee's offense went wrong, and this is kind of what's happened to them over the course of this season. It's They, they don't have a go-to score. They, they didn't have one again last night. Uh, and, you know, Florida Atlantic was going to get some. They, they, they started to figure out a way to get some spacing and, and hit some shots. And Tennessee didn't have much of an answer. And Kamwa, who I thought was was due for a big night because I didn't think they had a great way to defend him, only two of nine from the field. And Santiago Vescovi, who is the the key to their offense, really, especially since Ziegler's been out 
for him to have such a poor shooting night basically sealed their fate. Like Tennessee had to shoot reasonably well. And that doesn't mean you can shoot 33% from the field. You, you just can't overcome it, no matter how great your defense is. And Tennessee's defense was great. You, you just can't overcome 33% from the field. It doesn't work. Yeah, they outscored Tennessee in the second half 40-28 to win the game 62 Lots of good looks. None went in. Mm-hmm. And then in the classic in the nightcap here in Vegas – Boy, what a rivalry we've got cooking here. Yeah, UCLA Gonzaga. UCLA, I don't it's it's weird. You can on one hand say they dominated the first half. They had a 13 point lead going into the half. What they dominated despite Gonzaga shooting 54% from yes. the field well, in the first half. That's what I wanted to say. So in one hand they dominated, on the other hand though, Gonzaga turned the ball over nine times in that first half. Nine times. That led to UCLA scoring, and that's why it was a 13-point deficit. Fez, when you see that occur, where you have a game that's lined essentially a pick and one team is down double digits at the half, even though they're not playing poorly. Like AJ said, they're shooting 54% from the field. Was a Gonzaga second-half bet? the way to go based on the way the game script was playing out? All depends whether they're going to keep turning the ball over mm. or not, right? I think if, if, if you're like, that's just an aberration. Well, aren't, tur- aren't turnovers aberrations anyway? I mean, they're not predictive. You can't. I, usually... I, well, it's not the NFL. I would, yeah. I, I, would, I, would, I would argue Purdue guards are going to keep turning over again and again, but <laughs> yeah. I might be biased because I lost 80,000 on them. Yes. <laughs> well, Gonzaga <laughs> dominates the second half, and it looks like they are well on their way to a victory. But credit UCLA for extending the game, Gonzaga missing free throws, Gonzaga fouling Jaime Jaquez not once but twice on layups, which gave three-point plays, back-to-back possessions, and UCLA had a one-point lead with, what was it, 12 seconds left? And Gonzaga runs the the, the Villanova Chris Jenkins play. Yes, the same exact play that Villanova ran to win the national championship against North Carolina. The guard, the the person that inbounds it, uh, passes it. The player dribbles the court ball all the way down the court. When they get to the three-point line, turns around, hands it back to the guy who inbounded it, who shoots a three from the logo. Well, that's where things deviate a little <laughs> bit because at some point we went from a well-constructed Villanova play to Damian Lillard shooting from the logo and with plenty of time left. And yeah, AJ, Jenkins, what was that? The Jenkins play, he was a little in front. But, yeah. but look, look fast. Here, here's the two plays lined up. These are literally the same exact play. Except Jenkins was one maybe guy's a step the, or two. One guy's yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, I, I hear you. It's only, it's only a, a step and a half, but that's 28 versus 23 feet, right? I'll be honest. When he let go of that ball, I said, that's the shot you're taking. Of all the shots you could have worked for, that's the shot. And then it went in, and I was like, man, what a, what a brilliant play call. By Mark Few there. That Connecticut was opens up a favorite against Mark Few and the Zags. Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm surprised yeah. given given what we saw Connecticut do. Uh, Has Connecticut been pushed at all in their three games? No, no, not really. For the first half against Iona, that was that was about the extent of it. Does so. that does that 
encourage you to back UConn, or does that scare you, Fez? That UConn has never they haven't been tested. They're they're, they're like a juggernaut. I mean, I I, I think I, I speak for the public here. This mm. team they're gonna they, they, you don't want to play if there's one team you don't want to play, it's UConn right now. That team is just you know. Yeah, I, I guess there's there. there's something in I don't know. Tell me what you think about this, AJ. There's something to be said about being battle tested, like Gonzaga now is in in back to back games and coming through with victories. But Daryl Morey, the former you know general manager of the Rockets, uh, now with the Sixers, used to say, "Good teams don't win close games; they avoid them completely." Mm. And the real mark, so that means that the real mark of a good team is that you're winning so many games, you're blowing everybody out. Although the truth is— You're not playing close games. It's the rare animal that can win them all, maybe Florida one year, in the NCAA tournament without getting, you know, that scare. And I think Florida got—what was the team that almost got beat by Ball State in the first round that was like a tremendous team? Was that that a UNLV team? Mm. There was one team that almost lost to like a— Ball State Mac team in the in like the first round. Glad I didn't money line that one too. Here's <laughs> what I will say: what we saw last night with Drew Timmy putting up 36 points and basically dragging Gonzaga to a victory. Adem Bonus sat out for UCLA, which we kind of thought might happen. Uh, their defensive big man, Drew Timmy's not. I will say it now with certainty: Drew Timmy will not score 36 points against Adama Sanogo and Donovan Klingon. Like, the, the the big men for UConn are so much better defensively. The shooters are going to have to earn this for Gonzaga, and I don't know how much faith I have in them right now. So if they, if they can take away Timmy, which I think Connecticut will be able to do, uh, somebody else has to step up for the Zags. You know, we talked about the Zags and how the, the mechanical parlay was probably the way to go. Um, because, like, let's look mm-hmm. at the last three point spreads. So they were laying, well, there was a minus four against TCU. Call that a minus 200. All right. And now they, um, so they had a two thirds chance of winning, but now they've been um, dogs for most of the week against UCLA and other dogs again. So mm-hmm. you can see how uh, you start out, you know, betting one unit and how it accumulates, you know, even if you get nothing against Grand Canyon, it goes up to one and a half after they win the first game. And then it goes up to, you know, 3.1 after the, the, they beat uh, UCLA and after they beat Connecticut, then all of a sudden it's going to be at like 6.6. Yeah, my strategy, and we talked about this on SOVAM, is I wanted, I wanted to do the, the money line rollover with Gonzaga, um, but I wanted to start with the round two game because uh-huh. the round one game essentially meant nothing. You would win $10 you know, on the, a $250 bet. The mechanical parlay in many ways shows how terrible all futures bets are because, one— it's better mathematically. You almost always make out. And yes. two, and here's why it really shows why you, you almost should never be, make a futures bet. You know, what competent better is suddenly when, let's say Gonzaga makes the finals and you still really like them. And now you've been doing this mechanical parlay and you've, you've got one unit and you built it up to 14 units. And now they're a slight, you know, they're, they're a dog in the finals. You're going to bet four. You're really going to go bet. Oh, I'm going to bet 14 units. I'm going to thump my chest. I normally bet one unit to two units. Yeah, no. But I'm going to go. You're taking be, your victory. I'm going to go be Steve Fezzik and bet 80 dimes on the game. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I mean, really, if you normally bet 100, you're going to suddenly bet four. And then you could, and then you could say, oh, no, I'm not betting 1,400. I'm betting 100. Wrong, go. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wrong. You, you, the 1,400 is in your wallet now. Yeah. And now you have to decide whether you're going to bet it again. And this is why a lot of people bet the futures. What do they do? Well, when the Zags make the Final Four, even though they say this is an undervalued team and I love them, 
Then they start betting against them because they want to have to hedge back because they realize, well, hey, I got yeah. too much on the Zags. You might as well do the, the rollover and, and then stop. pocket that money and just stop. And then exactly. you can bet one. And then you know what? You can bet one unit on them in the semis and one unit on them in the, in the finals. Like you probably should be betting. So UConn laying two, and the total one fifty three and a half. Do you expect both of these to move? I don't know. Well, I have to ask AJ. Obviously, the Zags just want to run, and it was UCLA. And by the way, the number one takeaway from the game, the best bet of, the, of this game probably was the second half under because when they – if you watch the game, UCLA was getting gassed. The coach said he was – that my team's getting gassed, and they slowed it down. Um, obviously, the Zags was just – 76 points scored in the second half. The second half went under, 79. So oh, it was 79? Oh, yeah. wow. It was, it was sky-high second half total because the first half yeah, 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 scored yeah, yeah. 79. Okay. Um, but let me ask you, AJ, I don't know Connecticut's pace, and, and will they want to run with the Zags? No, uh, Connecticut doesn't want to run. They want, they want to slow you down in, in the half court defensively. They want to make Gonzaga earn it. That's gonna, Like Arkansas would have liked to run yesterday against Connecticut. The problem is it's very difficult to do. Like they, They're a, a well-disciplined team. They don't, they don't turn the ball over a whole ton, uh, and they, they rebound really well, which makes it tough. Is it possible, I ask the conspiracy people, the tournament has sucked. Terrible play. No one can make any threes. And today, well, yesterday was a great day. And yes. And so yesterday, is it possible they they switched out the balls and they went back to the old balls? Because all of a sudden. Oh, wow. I mean, all now, of a sudden. Now you're. Yeah, I, that's, uh, I Think about this. If, if, if I was the tournament selection king and Mark Few is publicly talking about how the ball sucks and how terrible it is. Wouldn't that just be like, we're not going to announce anything, but we're just going to quietly take the old boy balls I mean, and over, paint them a little orange. Overs went three and one. The only game that went under was the Tennessee-Florida Atlantic game. And that's the one we're not talking about because that was not a classic. Yeah. That was an ugly game. And, and huh. that's what I would do, right? I'd have an emergency partner meeting. we got to get these old balls back and back out there so these kids can make some shots. So do we look to the overs for Friday? For I, think, today? I think I'd be very careful about betting unders based upon what I just saw. Yes. Well, let's let's run down this schedule here. We have uh, San Diego State and Alabama is the first game of today. It'll be uh, 6.30 Eastern time tonight. That game is from the Yum Center in Too Louisville, late. I Kentucky. I played the under. <laughs> yeah. Yum. Total in this one is 137. And uh, I actually see 137 and a half, so maybe it is ticking up. Uh, Alabama laying seven and a half. AJ, tell us about this matchup. Yeah, I'm going to wait. I I think there will be eights pop up later today. Uh, I think you'll be able to find those. But I I think the the Aztecs match up well here. This is a game where you've got a a team that's clearly more athletic, more uh, more skilled, going up against a veteran bully-type team. And the physicality... Uh, the, the San Diego State's an elite defense, the experience, and San Diego State can play a little bit of the game that Tennessee played against Alabama. And when Alabama played Tennessee this year, the Vols are the only team this year to hold Bama under 60 points. And when Bama doesn't get to at least 70, they are 2-4 and four straight up on the season. I, I don't see San Diego State as a team that Alabama is just going to go out and run up and down the court on. Uh, this is a team that plays only juniors and seniors. There, there aren't freshmen on this team. There, there aren't sophomores on this team. This is a team of grown-ass men. This is a well-coached team. Uh, I, I think San Diego State is well-equipped to hang here with this Alabama team. But you don't like it at the current number? I, I like it. I, I'm not going to play it at the current number. Okay. Uh, but if I, if I get a clean eight tomorrow, today, I, I'll be on it. Patience. 
you never know what might pop up, especially here in Las Vegas, where lots of public money and all the days are merging together. It's Friday night, and Friday night, oftentimes people mm. people think like these pros like are working twenty four seven. Pros are they're lazy. They want to go out. They want to go to parties. They get their bets in. By the second half, there's nothing to stop the public from just betting on the, uh, the on Bama. Yeah, and you get like an insane good number. I won't, you know, mention any shops. To, I don't want to embarrass a place like Station Casinos, but you're probably going to get a great second half line. <laughs> that, that's I'm expecting to get a good number at Stations Casino today. I'll say that. All right. Well, the second game uh, from Kansas City will be the one seed Houston against Miami. Houston laying seven and a half with a total of one thirty eight. Fez, do you? See this line moving. Oops, too late. I played this one under. Also, I, you know, I might be. I may be like playing back live on overs. Uh, I I think it's a good line. I, um, you know, I will say for a long time, Houston was considered to be the best team in the country. Yes. All right. And if so, so if Sasser's a hundred percent, then seven seems short. What do you think, AJ? I agree with that. And this is my favorite stat that I found handicapping this game was Miami is two and five this year. When they lose the rebounding battle, 21-1 and one when they win or they're even on the glass. Houston is plus 7.5 in rebounds per game. They've got their top five rebound rate team in the country. I don't see where Miami's getting second chances from here. I, I, I'm, I'm with Scott and, and I guess with you, Fez. I, I think this could end up being a rout. Yeah, I, I really do like Houston, and I think I'm comfortable laying the 7.5. The Cinderella story. The Princeton Close Tigers. the book. Close the book. Stop the fight. Will the slipper fall off or not fit, uh, or will they turn into a pumpkin? Is that the thing? Why do they say Cinderella turns into a pumpkin? Because it was the, the stagecoach that turned into a pumpkin. You know, Cinderella. No one says Cinderella turned into well, a pumpkin. Well, they always say, you know. They always they, they, they turned into a pumpkin, but she never turned into a pumpkin. It was her ride that turned it back into a pumpkin. Her dress, her dress turns into, like, I mean, the dress, ragamuffins. Yeah, the dress went away. The, the, you know, she turned back into a, a raggedy, you know, housemaid. But she doesn't turn into a pumpkin. Anyway, Creighton is laying nine and a half against Princeton, AJ. And this is an example of a number that's moved against me. I, I uh, laid 10 with Creighton, and I like Creighton here. I don't, I'm not, I, I'll say this, and Fez is kind of, you know, he's he's told me off the air a couple times that sometimes these line moves aren't sharp money. It's one guy gives it out, and suddenly the, the market sure. says, we've yeah. got to move it this way. Uh, I believe in my handicap on Creighton. I like Creighton. They, they are by far the best defensive team that Princeton will have seen this year. Princeton, their draw was Arizona, who is a, a mediocre defense that was extremely banged up. And then they got Missouri, who's a dreadful defense. Now they're playing a top 10, top 15 defense in the country with an elite rim defender in Ryan Kalkbrenner. I don't think Who? baskets come easy. Ryan Kalkbrenner. I don't Ryan. think Ryan. Yeah. And baskets don't come easy. Both these teams, great rebounding teams, both top 10 uh, nationally in defensive rebounding. One of them did it in the Big East, the other one did it in the Ivy League. Mm-hmm. Give me the team that's a top 10 rebounding team in the Big East over the top 10 rebounding team that did it against Ivy League teams. This is before the tournament, Princeton played zero games against Power Six opponents. Zero games all season long. Again, the best defense by far they'll see. I, I like Creighton quite a bit here. I always, a trend. I always thought that bad teams that somehow won a couple games as an underdog, so not, not an elite team, I should say, not a bad team. 
And they get to the Sweet 16, then they go home, they party, celebrate, and then they get their doors blown off. All right. Well, Princeton went home and studied. It turns out, you know, I don't, I don't think Prin- I don't think Princeton is probably the same team as, like, say, the University of Dayton, where they um, haven't grown up close to the University of Dayton in the student housing. They call it the ghetto. It's not really ghetto. Uh, they they celebrated big NCAA victories by burning furniture. Mm-hmm. They, put, they just put it out in the street and just burn like old couches. How and very stuff. Midwest. It was when it was cold. It was nice because people stayed warm. Um, they, but I see Princeton like, like, like still, you know, celebrating the, like, well, it turns out teams after they burn the furniture, they cover. So the specifics are you win upset, win in the first round, upset, win in the second round, make the sweet 16. And then you come in as a big dog, seven and a half points or more. So these are the teams that would, you know, outclass completely seven and zero oh against the spread. Yeah. Wow. So Princeton, you like Princeton then. I, I well, I'm not going against that trend. I, I actually like I, I like Creighton. You like Creighton, but you're not. Bet- but I'm you're not, not betting not, it. You're because not I'm bucking not... the trend of seven and zero. I don't need which that. would follow Princeton. To use a line from Rocky too, there's um, Rocky uh, Apollo Creed's managers like like we don't need that kind of trouble, baby. We don't need we don't we don't we don't need that 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 Italian stallion no more. We don't have to go up against a seven and zero trend and try to make it seven and one. Yes. Everyone's going to say that I got lucky. We also have a thirty-five. Really won that fight. We also have a thirty-five to one in our pocket on Creighton here, and that's. Uh, I'm I'm cheering for them to cover, but I'm really cheering for them to win. The rare case that you're going to crush the versus the mechanical parlay probably because, because they play Prince. You get a buy yeah. against an Ivy League school. Yep. Yeah. By the way, the, the greatest part of Rocky too is when he's filming the commercial. Oh, no doubt. And 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 he doesn't know how to like handle everything. It's like action. And he goes, Go now. Oh, God. <laughs> he goes, action. I only work with professionals. <laughs> Get this caveman out of here. Just read it off the dummy cards. Just read it off the dummy cards. <laughs> Beast aftershave. In the morning, I splash it on and it makes me smell mainly. I'm sorry, did you say smell mainly? <laughs> Adrian, do I look ridiculous? Uh, I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. <laughs> well, that's Rocky one. All right, let's talk about the uh, the game. I, I think I have a good feel on the first three games of the day. I don't know what's going to happen between Texas and Xavier. Texas is a four-point favorite. I know where AJ's leaning because him and I got to bet against each other on which team is going to win this region. I have Houston. He has Texas. So I assume you're good with Texas laying four against Xavier, AJ. I am, yeah. I, I like the way they match up here. Uh, this is a bad defensive team in Xavier. And Texas, it, it, it's a bad defensive team, and it's a team that turns the ball over. And against Texas, the thing you cannot do is turn it over because they will eat your face on, on trend, in transition. If you turn it over, you're done. They're 231st in steal percentage against uh, Texas is, is very physical despite being not very big. They're one of the most experienced teams in the country. It feels like they are playing at a level that they haven't really even played at all season long. Uh, and Xavier is a sort of a poor man's Gonzaga. It's a team that, yes, they are very good on offense. They can shoot. They, they can run. Uh, but they are bad defensively. And remember, Texas beat the name brand Gonzaga by 19 points this season. This is a, a team that's well-equipped to handle a, an offense like Xavier, I, I like Texas here quite a Do bit. Do we like the over 149? Because if Xavier's going to keep pushing but not playing defense? What time does this game start? 
This is a 6:45 Pacific time, so, so 9:45 Eastern. This is the late. Can game. we can we wait and see if the like scoring keeps going well in the early games? Uh, see what yeah, ha- I'd yeah. say. See what happens in the Houston game because yeah. it's the same venue. Yeah, apparently going to be the same bowl. And so. I think you know, look at this is the thing. UCLA in the first half, what was the, the shooting? They were shooting ridiculously from the yes. field, right? But there was pace everywhere. There was pace everywhere, but the handicap that I kind of talked about was UCLA. In the first half, I can't believe I forgot about this. I said UCLA in the first half because they had just played at T-Mobile yes. in the Pac-12 that's tournament. A good point. And Texas now has this same familiarity because they are playing in the same arena where they just won the Big 12 that's tournament. That's a good handicap. So I, li- I, like, I like Texas for the game for that because we I was leaning at them anyways. I do get a kick out of, but Texas know, first half. I'm saying, yeah, that makes their familiarity I, I, shooting. I, I agree. I, I like I like that because I think that might be the best way to get a Texas. I do appreciate. I like the uh, Xavier. The three seed Xavier is a poor man's Gonzaga, who's the three seed, which which I agree with. Gonzaga is a much better three seed. Yes. I'm betting this first half Texas. Yes. Uh, you know, let, let's let's. What do you got? Minus two. Um, let's see what we can, can get lay, up there. Can I lay one fifty money line? I'd rather lay the. Money I would line. much rather lay one fifty money line. Let's see. Uh, we have. Oh, by the way, why you look one seventy five money line two and a half for the spread. Well, we'll look for two. We're not laying two and a half on a four point spread. Um, there'll be a, there'll be twos out there. By the way, in, in the in Rocky two, I did have Creed minus five hundred. So that's another bridge jumper that I lost. But what do you think of this? But r- real quick, I did get twelve to one back on Balboa after twelve rounds. Because even though he's way down on points, I got inside information that Creed was going to continue to go for the knockout. Okay, good that's, call. That's a real good call there. That's why. That's why you live bet. That's why you live bet. Um, it wasn't. I'm, it wasn't Mott's mm. in that one. <laughs> Here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the same two and a half, but minus one fifty five on the money line instead of minus one seventy five. Yeah, minus one fifty five is what you want to play. You want to lay two or lay one fifty five. They're about equal. Yes. Yeah, and here I'm seeing. Minus 165. So it looks like 155 is the best number. Where we got that? Stations. Oh, there we go. Yeah. William Hill's got 165. Does Circa have first halves up yet? I'll look it up. Check Circa first half. But between, yeah, uh, I think 155 is the best line. Uh, Texas first half minus 155. Best bet from me. Circa has it as well. I'm betting it right now. Do they have 155? You want a nickel? They have 155? Yeah, I do. Okay. Bang. Let's go, boys. You're in. You're in. Hook them. Hook them. This is how the sausage is made. Hook them horns. Live. I need to win 50 units here. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. This is the start of getting it back. I already got it back. Oh, okay. I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> Let's do this. All a right. lot of games went under. People were asking, well, how, did, how come you didn't give out all these? Because a lot of them won by half a point. You know, it's like it's not even widely available. And you're playing UCLA Northwestern under 60 and a half. It closes 59 and a half and lands 60. There were a lot of games that landed on the number like that. So, AJ, let's uh, real quick before we wrap up this college basketball conversation, try and project the likely Elite Eight matchups here from these Friday Sweet 16 games. So what we'll see on Sunday. Alabama's a seven and a half point favorite. Let's If Alabama wins and they play against Creighton, what's the spread? Alabama five. Alabama laying five? Yep. Okay. If San Diego State upsets Alabama, what's the line San Diego State-Creighton? Creighton three. Ooh. Okay. Creighton three. 
I think you should just go chalkity. It's good. Get beat. Yeah, well, that's be the only. Confused. That's that's okay. the only game. That's because right. AJ likes San Diego uh, yeah, State. Yeah. That's I the only you. reason why I did that. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and okay. I'm not going to give you an odds on Princeton because they're not winning. Right. Exactly. So, which that reminds me, Fit. Like, do you think we, we've talked about these bridge jumper bets? Is minus five hundred a good price on Creighton to win? Yes. Yes. Because they but, should be, they should be minus. But I, they should be minus eight. But I am not going to publicly give out. Well, this is a public show, so don't do it if if you don't believe it. But um, I think there's a lot. Like, what should the number be? I don't know. It's, I yeah. don't like to say the, the number. If it was should a be, fifteen point. The spread. number the, the five. It, it should be like minus five five fifty. But the um, it, the Princeton's not winning. Princeton's not winning. I'll probably bet it. I'll probably bet it. So if the, the line is ten everywhere, and it, had this happened before the tournament, had this game happened like in in the Pac-12 championship or the Big East, whatever, a random conference championship tournament. Creighton's minus 14 here. You know, Fez, Creighton, or excuse me, Arizona was minus 16 against Princeton. And Ken Palm has Creighton and Arizona basically the same team. Like, they're rated equally. This this game would have been a 14, I think on the low end, a 14-point spread. Princeton is being taxed so heavily, and we talked about a lot of the You're dogs. Right. I'm are playing the, I'm playing the money line. All right, here we go. I'm going to get my unit. Okay, well there I'm, you go. I'll probably yeah. get minus four fifty somewhere. All right, well let me know where that is. I I I, I want to get in on that. Like I, it doesn't feel like this is the right. It doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel like Creighton is being properly valued. This is still. I, I said this going into the tournament. This is an extremely underseeded team. They had that six-game run where Ryan Kalkbrenner had mono. They lost all six of those games. If they split those games, Creighton's probably a three-seed. Mm. Like this is a a much better team than their seeding says. Uh, I I think I think Creighton absolutely smashes Princeton. And you made you made a good point uh, pre-show. You you can't bet this game on DraftKings because there's a New Jersey team involved. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can't use any any sportsbook operator that operates in the state of New Jersey. How does it make you feel that Rutgers couldn't even make the tournament and there's a New Jersey team in the Sweet 16? Uh, I mean, we Second had, year in a row, well, right? No, they made the tournament, but they, they, they got up to dance and they didn't get their chance. <laughs> right? <laughs> Listen, but then they couldn't beat Ostra, so New Jersey, screw New Jersey was well represented. Fairway Dickinson did well. Princeton's in the uh, Sweet 16. Last year, St. Peter's, you know, the Jersey's, Jersey's performing just, just, just nice. <laughs> I have, I have Seton a tr- Hall and Rutgers, not so much, but everyone else. Yes. I, have, I have a betting question for you guys. Don't peek. What was the line? Do peak for what the score was. So Connecticut at halftime was ahead by like fifteen. Was it more than that? Uh, I want to say they were up by maybe twenty at halftime. Was it twenty? Yeah, it was like twenty or okay. a little less than that. Yeah. What was the second half line? And don't peak. Um, was it? Pick them. I, I would no. I would. It was. It would have been Arkansas minus. Four or five? Yeah, it's two and a half. So oh, wow. the difference. But you know, but 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 I'm mean, obviously it's always easy in the time machine to go back. Yeah, yeah. But um why was Arkansas favorite in the second half? Yeah, they like, no more of the same. No more of the same. I can maybe underst- in the final five minutes. I can understand why 40, 46 understand. 29 at half. Yeah. yeah. I can understand why Gonzaga was favored in the second half yes. against UCLA. There was no reason for Arkansas to be favored against UConn in the second half. Yeah. That's, so so yeah. in pre-production, um Scott was like, let, let, let me know. Oh, oh, I was gonna let you know we should get down like our biggest bet of the year on, on Gonzaga the second half. Yeah. We didn't wind up happening. And usually when you have a case like that, probably it's good to bet something. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Don't make your biggest bet of the year, but probably bet <laughs> something when you're feeling that struggle about something. Yeah. Uh, AJ, the, the next projected spread I'll ask you about Houston against Texas in the Elite Eight. 
<sighs> That's a tough one. Uh, I, I would guess Houston's probably laying three and a half. And that's high. Maybe. I'm going to go mm. under. What if uh, Ken, Ken Palm would make it five? Okay. Oh, so All probably. Right. Yeah. So you're making an adjustment already. Yeah. Yeah. So three and a half is probably right. Uh, I'll go two and a half. What would Houston Xavier be? Oh, uh, five and a half. It, no, no, I think, and a half. I think it'd be eight. Eight? eight. Yeah. Wow. Really? Hmm. So what you're saying here is that my bet on Houston to win the region is looking better than your bet. On Texas to win the region. Well, yours pays one sixty. Mine plays three to one. So that's true. I did give yeah. you odds. Yeah, I, I don't think yours is significantly so they're both, better. They're both looking <laughs> quite good, and it looks like a quite a profitable portfolio, mind you. Yes. All right. Well, that'll wrap up the college basketball. We got four great games in the Sweet Sixteen coming up tonight, and then the Elite Eight. Will Let's take hope they're place. not that great. Know that. I don't want them to be great. I want Creighton to just stomp a hole in Houston. Right, we got four blowouts coming yeah, up Yeah, give tonight. me blowouts Alabama tonight. blows out San Diego State. No, 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 no. One, oh, one close oh, okay, one. Okay, all right. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Alabama blows out San Diego State. Houston blows out Miami. Creighton blows out Princeton. Texas blows out Xavier. Everyone go out and have a great time. Beautiful weather on this Friday night. Don't even worry about the college basketball games. Terrible story out of Philly spring training as first baseman Reese Hoskins... Oh, is he dead? No, it's terrible story. His season's dead. Oh, okay. He suffered a torn ACL. It was a non-contact injury. He was fielding a ground ball and backpedaling. And then, you know, you've seen it a million times in football. The guy just kind of pops up in the air and then falls down. Something obviously devastating happening to his leg. It is a torn ACL in his left knee. The Phillies did not say what the situation is about surgery or timeline, but he's probably gone for... I would say the entire year, but if not the entire year, most of the season. I had somebody hit me up on Twitter, Fez, and Steve Fezzik's still with us. Thank you so much for being with us, Fez. Thank you for having me, guys. So um, I want to give credit to this listener. Guy listens to SOVAM, hits me up on Twitter, and said, Chris Rizzo. Chris, thank you for the, for the tweet. And he says, with Hoskins going down with an injury, he's like, I just ran over to the sports book and just bet as much as I could on his under 28 and a half home runs. Now, I don't know if that bet's even going to count because if he doesn't play this year, I assume the bet's void. But I don't Almost know. Almost for certain. Yeah, but yeah, every, every one, one at bat, you're good. That's one at saying. bat, like, you're good. I, I don't know what the sportsbook rules are. Some sportsbooks might have it as, as long as he gets one at bat. So I'm thinking, listen, you bet this thing now, he's out the whole year. He comes back in September and gets like, 20 at bats before the Phillies in the playoffs. Oh, it happens. You yeah. win you win this bet. They, you know what so, they call that to the bookmakers? That's the cost of doing business to so, put up so much product. But, but now so. the bet's gone now. Like they've taken it off the right. board with the injury. But when you see something like this happen, Fez, do you immediately run without even thinking about it, without even knowing the numbers, just go and just try and bet what you can on the unders? Oh, of course. It happens all the time. This is like Kevin Durant goes to Phoenix. Yeah. It's like, bet Phoenix. It's like, what but as you- soon as Durant gets hurt in, in pregame warmups and that news flashes across Twitter, bet, no. are we now betting the no on Phoenix? Yeah. Are we now betting the under everything? Exactly. I mean, and, and part of it is this is where they talk about top down and bottom up handicapping, all right? But this is. Um, where if you are what's called a um, a bottom-up handicapper, so you know what the numbers are already, all right, you have an inherent advantage because if you're following this baseball, you know 
that Philadelphia's season win number is 88. So you can immediately make – if Hoskins is worth – I don't know. I'm not a baseball guy. Is he worth six games? Is he worth two games? No, I, I think – yeah, he's probably two, two and a half wins maybe. But it doesn't matter yeah. because if I know – if I look at the number and I see an 88 or an 88 and a half and I could say, well, that's what the number was before. It hasn't been adjusted at all. He's got to be worth something I'm playing under. It's that It's that simple. Like, like it should be your immediate first thought is bet against Hoskins. All right, they take that off the board. Then it's like a quarterback going through his progressions. Then my second pass goes to anti-Philly. All right, I'm going to play against Philly. And then if that gets pulled off the board, then I look at matchups. Like, does any book have who's going to win more games, the Mets or the Phillies, things like that. Mm -hmm. If that goes off the board, then I can look at some of the ancillaries, like who's going to win the division and how their division opponents are going to do. But then it's really getting thin because – Scott, you mentioned that there aren't as many divisional games this year. So it's yeah, there's a couple of less. It's so more of a balanced schedule, so right. there's a couple of less divisional games. But, but that's the order mm-hmm. that I go in in my betting. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. You know what? Yeah, because you see these, these injuries happen. behind him in the lineup. It's got to hurt that person, too. Yeah, well, he usually bats second. So, you know, this year their lineup projected is, you know, Trey Turner leading off, and then I would assume Reese Hoskins batting second, and then it's – or Kyle Schwarber and, and then leading off, and then Hoskins batting second, and – you have to see how they're gonna, how the Phillies were planning on handling this lineup. Um, so probably, probably it, the little in, in, ancillary stuff's probably gonna hurt the Phillies the most so in the in, first inning. Like, so in this game, type of things. In this game where uh, he got hurt in, I would say it's the first game that they had pretty much everybody playing because Trey Turner returned from the World Baseball mm-hmm. Classic. Same thing as Schwarber. So the lineup was Turner leading off, Schwarber batting second, Real Muto batting third. Hoskins batting cleanup, mm-hmm. and that kind of makes sense. He's their guy, and then Castellanos batting fifth, Stott, Bohm, and then you know uh, uh, it was Cave uh, and then Marsh. But yeah, I think can yeah. they bet first first inning to outscore second inning <laughs> based yeah. on that lineup? I mean, I'm just looking now, and I'm like, I'm trying to see. Like, I I, I wonder if I can find there. There's every buck had to have taken him off. I, I played an under 88, 88.5. You played was, under eighty eight point five. Yes. Hmm. I'm sure it's not available now. It's off the board at some places. Um, I'm looking. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't listen. The Phillies. We know they're going to be without Harper for the first half of the season. But when Harper comes back, I mean, this lineup's as good as any lineup in baseball. Yes, you take your cleanup hitter out now in in Hoskins. And how many did they win last year? Last year, the Phillies. Remember, they went to the World Series, but they were the third place team in the um, in the in the NL East. And they were a wild card team, so they didn't. They the, both the Mets and the Braves were like what 101 wins last year, and the Phillies won. I want to say I don't know 87. Did that make you instantly want to fade the Phillies because yeah, they they're a team even, that's they didn't even win 88 last year. They've made a, they made broke right. They made a big splash in free agency, yep. but the, you could argue their best player is is out for half the year. Mm-hmm. So. Let's say that washes out, but the fact that that team was in the World Series last year makes people think, oh, they're, they're going to win a bunch of games again. They're the best team. Their players might be a little more vulnerable to injury with all those extra games. Could be. Huh. Yeah, but their odds, they're not, high, they're not heavily favored. They're, they're, they're behind in, in the futures. And I think that's because people think that last year was a fluke. Like the Phillies right now to win the World Series are 18-1. to 1. To win the National League, they're at 9-1. to 1. So if they're only eighteen to one and they're going to get the, um, their best player back halfway through the year, mm-hmm. I, I think under eighty eight is a slam dunk. Put that put me down as the best bet under eighty eight. All right, best bet under eighty eight and a half for the Phillies for Mister Steve Fezzik. Fez, thanks for joining us. Have a tremendous weekend, Texas first half. Let's go. Let's go.
On the NBA schedule last night, just a small four-game slate. The Magic defeating my Knicks, 111-106. That wasn't good. Uh, The Cavs, AJ's Cavs, beating the Nets, 116-114. They didn't cover, but they won. Uh, The Pelicans beat the Hornets, 115-96. And the Clippers, who got, I guess you can call it good news on Paul George's knee. It's just a severe sprain. It's not like anything torn. Um, Looks like he's going to miss the rest of the regular season. They're hopeful. Hopeful that he's there in the playoffs. Well, they got to make the playoffs. But Kawhi scores 32 points. Clippers beat the Thunder, 127-105. And other injury news, uh, the Lakers are actually hoping that LeBron is back um, soon. Back by the final week of the regular season is what they're saying. And the Lakers, who have actually played well in LeBron's absence, they're currently holding the ninth seed. So they're firmly in the play-ins. Well, not firmly in because they're only, you know, everybody's Nobody's so, firm. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> jumbled up there in, in the Western Conference. But, I mean, a couple of wins here. The Lakers could be out of the play-in tournament in a good way. And a couple of losses, they could be out of the playing tournament in a bad way. What's on the schedule tonight? The Pacers are catching 11 and a half at Boston Spurs plus seven and a half at the Wizards. The Pistons plus 12 and a half at the Raptors. Boy, some big lines tonight. Rockets plus 13 and a half at the Grizzlies. And the Bucks uh, are minus eight and a half on the road at the Jazz. And the Golden State Warriors back home. Oh, system, system. Money line play for me on the Warriors. Oh, wow. Uh, they host the Philadelphia 76ers. Ooh, and Embiid didn't play the second half of the last game. He was resting up because yep. maybe he was anticipating this matchup. Big game. Uh, Bulls minus two at the Blazers. Sacramento minus four and a half hosting Phoenix and the Lakers and the Thunder will square off in the nightcap. Yeah, you know what? Um, Thunder on the back-to-back after that loss against the Clippers. I kind of like the Lakers here to keep this thing moving. I'm and the pulling La- up now. Lakers getting good news on LeBron, too. So maybe Lakers motivated to uh, to kind of, you know, pick up, an, pick up a good win and get themselves in a better position for the, the, the playoffs coming up. Moneyline minus 200. On Golden State. (laughs) Throw in a little wager here. Lakers five and a half point favorites, by the way, against the Thunder. Uh, Yeah, you're doing it? You're putting it in? Yeah, I'm doing it. Okay. I'm doing it. Oh, and you know what? Thank God I'm doing it because I found a minus 190 right here. Yeah, I was about to say, I can can get better numbers. I can get a 190. (laughs) Let's go. On the ice last night, uh, a long overdue, successful, you know, sweep of the board for yours truly. And it could have been more. You ever have FOMO on not placing oh, a bet? yeah. So I said to myself when I was handicapping the board yesterday, I said, man, Rangers probably going to beat the Hurricanes on the road. After they just lost that tough game when they blew the lead, Rangers are going to win. What did the Rangers play? do? I didn't play it. They won. Rangers won 2-1. So to you could have been 60-0 you know, had you played your gut. And yeah. And then, you know, you look at, uh, I said, man, Maple Leafs, dogs. Doesn't make sense. I mean, this Florida team, I guess Florida's playing well lately, but I think Toronto's going to score some goals. I, 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 like, I kind of like Toronto to score some goals. Maybe like a team total over like two and a half, three and a half for Toronto. They're going to score at least four goals. Toronto wins 6-2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said the Senators should not be dogs to the Lightning because— Why'd you only go 3-0 and yesterday? I only played three games. That's why. Mm. It's discipline. Yeah. Senators win 7-2. to two. The three games I did play, uh, which did 
come to fruition, and I felt really good about that. Uh, we had the Capitals laying goal and a half over the Blackhawks. That was free. Six to one. Uh, they beat Chicago. And then we had Vegas as an underdog on the road in Calgary. I thought that they should be favored. Vegas was winning three to one. They win the game three to two. Also had the Vegas team total over two and a half. So Vegas scoring the three goals uh, helps out. Logan Thompson came back from injury. Dude made 37 saves. He makes all the difference. You know, if Vegas is going to have Logan Thompson and Jonathan Quick in net, they're going to be a dangerous team moving forward. Elsewhere last night, it was the Bruins over the Canadiens, 4-2. The Flyers beat the Wild in a shootout, 5-4. Blues topped the Red Wings, 4-3. We had the uh, Predators beat the Kraken in a shootout, 2-1. Low-scoring game there. Uh, Stars beat the Penguins, 3-2. Jets over the Ducks, 3-2. And the Canucks, a 7-2 route of the Sharks. So just a small schedule tonight. Only three games. Devils are at the Sabres. New Jersey is minus 178 or minus 200, depending on where you look. And this is a big game for Jersey now. With the Rangers helping out and beating the Hurricanes, Devils are now just two points back of Carolina for first place. And so, hey, by the way, there's like 10 games left in the regular season. The Rangers, with that win over Carolina, Rangers are only six points out of first place. Nice. That's like three wins. Uh, so the Devils can get themselves in a tie for first place with a win tonight over the Sabres. The Islanders will take on the Blue Jackets in Columbus. The Islanders minus 190, minus 200. Again, depending on where you look, they should win this game. If you're looking at the standings right now, the Islanders are at 82 points are currently holding the first wild card in the Eastern Conference. They are two points up on Pittsburgh. They are three points up on Florida. They are about, I guess, six points up on Washington and seven points up on Ottawa. A win for the Islanders here with 10 games remaining, that would put them four points up on Pittsburgh for the first wild card. And you know what that means when you are the first wild card in the Eastern Conference, AJ? It means you do not play the Boston Bruins in the first round. It means you're going to play the winner of the Metropolitan. And guess what? The Islanders are in the Metropolitan. So if they have to play the Hurricanes, there's familiarity. And if they have to play the Devils, oh boy, they would love that first round series, especially with their goaltending. And finally, the Coyotes at the Avalanche. Colorado is minus 480 in this game. And your boy's got a hunch. Uh Uh-oh. Now, I'm not saying that Arizona plus 360 is the play here. But I'm not not saying it. Okay. For some reason, the Coyotes always play. Mullet Arena. Nope. It's in in Arizona. I mean, it's in Colorado. Colorado. Listen, if it's at Mullet Arena, I say it's at Mullet Arena. I know. I was just, I thought maybe you forgot. No, I never forget. It's It's the best name of an arena in the sport. It's true. You have been good about saying that. Yeah. So. Sorry for doubting you. Thank you. For some reason, Arizona always plays Colorado tough. This year, Colorado, uh, they played twice already. Colorado won 3-2 in overtime. And Arizona actually beat Colorado 6-3. Last year, Colorado went, uh, they played four games. They split 2-2 two and two last year. Colorado, 4-3 win in a shootout, then a 5 nothing blowout. And then Arizona wins 3-2 in a shootout, and Arizona wins 2-1. Now, the year before that was a the COVID year, so they played a lot, and I kind of almost throw it out, but they, they played so much. Arizona did win two games, but Colorado won like four, I believe it is, and of the four wins, three of them were by only one goal. Okay. 
So I think that there's something here about this Arizona-Colorado matchup. I'm intrigued to see who's in net for both teams Um, because you never know. You know, Colorado could decide, let's give Gorgiev a break here. We're playing against Arizona. And it's the first of two games against Arizona because they're going to play him again on Sunday. That game's going to be at the Mullet Arena. So maybe they're saying, you know, Gorgiev, we're going to give him some extra rest. He'll play on the road. And then, you know, for for Arizona, who are they going to go with in net? Now, here's an interesting question. Let's say Arizona, let's say they they play him close in this game. Mm -hmm. Do you like him again? In the, mm. in the second game? Or let's say they get blown out here. Do you take a second stab? Oh, if they get blown out here, I'd take a second step. Okay. If they win here, I don't take a second step. Okay. If they win here, I'm like, Colorado's going to run up. You run away with your money. I run away with the money. Colorado <laughs> right now is currently in third place in the Central Division in the Western Conference. They are three points back of Minnesota, who is the second place and right now would have home ice advantage. But they're only four points out of first place. Dallas is in first place with 92 points. Now, here is what's interesting about where they are right now in their division. Winnipeg is just three points back of Colorado for that three seed. So Colorado is in danger of falling into a wild card spot. Should they, you know, falter here down the stretch? Uh, Again, they're just as easily going to be first place as they are going to be a wild card team because it's like the NBA Western Conference. Everybody is just jumbled up. It's going to be a tough couple of games. I don't think they can take any opponent lightly for their final 10, 12 games. So, yeah, I think I might take some sort of stab here on Arizona. Maybe Arizona plus a goal and a half because you can still get plus money on that. Which is always nice. You have that a team plus. Nice. A, you have a team plus a goal and a half, and you and get plus, plus money. money. Yeah, it's hard to beat. Like honestly, on like some of the books that offer you like alternate lines on the games. You know, if 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 you can find like an Arizona plus two and a half goals, and you don't have to lay a lot of juice, I don't necessarily hate it. Don't don't necessarily hate it. I would also look Arizona over one and a half goals is minus 180. I think we can get two goals in this game. Again, especially if it's not Georgiev in net for Colorado. Head on over to pregame.com. Jump on board any season-long, daily, any package you'd like at pregame.com. Major League Baseball season's coming up. Uh, The next UFC card's going to be hot because AJ won over 10 units on his last UFC card, so you want to make sure that you're prepared for the next time we have a UFC event coming up. And take 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com because we're such nice guys. Go to pregame.com, take 20%. Again, you have to be a member, so sign up because if you're not a member, just sign up for free and you get $25, bang. And then use our promo code, LUCK20, L-U-C-K-20. That's going to get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Luck 20. Luck be a lady. Yeah. As a uh, side note, the first. My favorite thing is when I say something that annoys you and you just go, yeah. 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 I like that. It's it's fine. I'm just because I'm not going to acknowledge it. Like (laughs) you said something worth acknowledging. I got to acknowledge it. I'm not going to acknowledge. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. I'm not going to acknowledge a luck be a lady tonight. Like, yeah. Yeah. Move on. 
I mean, yeah, enjoy your Rat Pack. It's, 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 luck be a lady tonight. See, I knew you'd get into it. All right, Frank. Here we go. By the way, you know you made it? This is what my father always told me, is that with the Rat Pack, like, you knew you made it when the Marquis only had your first name. Ooh. And people knew who you were. Yeah. So it said, tonight, Frank and Dean. That's right. And everyone knew who was performing. Yeah. Sammy, tonight, one night only. Everyone knew who was performing. You know, that's that was the Rat Pack here Beyonce. in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anyone. When was the last time we used her last name? I don't know. Probably Destiny's Child, right? Yeah. When they were like, oh, it's Beyonce Knowles. Elvis. He's yeah. Been, yeah. Yeah. You're right, you know. There you go. You, when you only have one name, share. Mm, good one. Yeah. Madonna. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're giving bad examples. They don't even have last names. But. That's true. If you only use the first name. Like I said, Frank, Dean, Sammy. You know, Carl. Every, every... <laughs> Luck20 is the promo code. Use it at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Have a great, and I'll say it again, profitable weekend. Let's go. We are straight out of Vegas AM.